0: Good morning, Solid Rock family. Thank you for joining us online today. It's been a while since I've been in front of the camera, so I want to thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you for your love, your support, your prayers for me personally, for my family, for my extended family, for Pastor Nelson, Louise, Pastor Daniel, and Brenda, and their families. This has certainly been a trying time times of great emotion, but there's also been a time of tremendous outpouring of love and support, and I want to thank you for that. It has made a difference. It has been huge. And uh, I also want to say thank you to the extended family, not just the Solid Rock community family, but to an extended family um, that have reached out to us personally and corporately, other churches and ministry friends that we have, uh, other people in the community that we know, and also my own family, too, for for their love and support. Um, It has been a tremendous blessing for us. And thank you for giving us time these last six weeks to heal, recover, refresh and restore. I know the healing process will be ongoing and I have no clue what that looks like time-wise. So many of these things are coming upon me or upon others, sometimes for the first time. But we are walking together and I want to thank you for walking with us. I also want to recognize that the loss of, of my wife, Winona, was not just... A personal thing but it also affected all of us in the church and I want to thank you for the battle for the commitment for standing with us every step every day and for the passion that you shared with us for her healing we did not see what we wanted to see but I know that she is healed in heaven And there is pain, there is sadness, there is loss and sorrow, but there is also joy, peace, and comfort. And I find sometimes that to be such a contradictory or conflicting feelings. But I'm so thankful that our God has her and that she is healed, whole, and fully alive now. And cheering us on, I have a picture in my mind of the great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews. And I could see Winona elbowing somebody and saying, oh, you see that person? And then giving them their name and and looking and seeing one of you in the crowd or in your activities, and she's cheering you on, and she nods somebody and says, you see them? I know them. So we have someone so close to us and so dear to us cheering us on, in addition to the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit, but we also have someone that was flesh and blood with us, that walked with us. So thank you for that. I also want to thank the pastors that submitted some sermons. I had asked for some pastors to help, and every single one of them did not hesitate to respond. And so I want to thank them uh, for that. I have some thoughts to share this morning but before I share them, what I wanted to do was take a few moments and go over the last six sermons because this has been an interesting series about the power of God. It was something that, that I had been impressed by the Holy Spirit to speak on before uh, Winona's passing. And uh, as, as the events unfolded, I had contacted some pastors and just said I might need some help. And each one of them responded immediately. Let me know what you want, when you want it. And uh, I had one pastor literally send a message to me um, on a Friday afternoon. And he said, listen, I can go into the office right now. I'll shoot you a video immediately. I had another pastor who literally worked till midnight doing a sermon for us. Another pastor who um, had a snowfall and they actually had to shut the church down and had to rearrange his schedule the next week to be able to fit us in. I had another pastor who said, what do you want? And we shared with them our vision of what what I'd like to see and and the subject matter. And they said, great. And they jumped at it. And it was, I think, one of their first experiences doing a, a video in that manner. So I am so thankful for their love, their support, and they're pouring into solid rock. I, I just sat in wonder, listening to the sermons Sunday after Sunday, and seeing how God was weaving his word through them and his encouragement to us as they shared. The first Sunday, we had Pastor Frank Satius from Uh, Viva Church in Oshawa Pastor Frank and and his wife Pastor Chris had been with us about a year and a half ago And he talked about the supernatural power of God And it and and some of the thoughts I wrote down a bunch of notes and I want to share with you a few of those notes that that rang rung true with me The supernatural power of God is something greater than Than we are expecting or experiencing something greater than we are experiencing The power of God is something the world needs but I'll be honest with you. It's something you and I need and It is something that is there for us and it's something greater than what we are experiencing It's the power that comes from himself The power of God comes from God he talked about a couple examples of times when he's experienced the power of God one of them was in times of weakness and he shared in second corinthians where it talks about when I am weak then I am strong at the same time there's weakness and there's strength because of what Christ has done the power of God he also talked about the power of God is, is in, in in times of trouble In times of trouble, we experience the power of God. And he shared some amazing stories of the power of God and how that was revealed to him as he walked along doing life and walking in surrender, complete surrender to the Holy Spirit and to God. And how God provided miracle after miracle on the power of God that was on display. I, I vividly remember the one story that he shared about a gentleman that helped him get on a train and travel to a destination. And then shortly thereafter he turned around to thank the gentleman and the gentleman was gone. And that's, that's the power of God. That's, that's angelic. That's, that's the power of God in our lives. We had Pastor Josh Palmer, a dear friend of mine who I, I've met a number of years ago who planted a church in Columbia, Missouri, and has had hundreds of salvations in a seven-year period. I believe it's over 500 in a seven-year period. And he shared about the kingdom of, Of Power how the how the the kingdom power and the power of God is seen and realized in his kingdom He says in in acts 1 you shall receive power So there's an aspect of when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we're filled with the Holy Spirit Part of that is also the fact that we have the power of God Residing in us and on us and he shared he shared that there's there's a power in the kingdom that there is no other power like the power in the kingdom. He encouraged us to let his power flow through us. He, he, he talked about learning how to impose the kingdom. And these, these are things that, as I listened to his sermon and the other sermons, it's like there, there are, were some amazing nuggets. Learning how to impose the kingdom of God and his power. It's not that we're walking around arrogantly what it is is actually walking around very carefully very succinctly and very much in tune with the Holy Spirit and understanding the flow and the nuances of the Holy Spirit and how he flows and how he moves and that we can walk in that power and release that power and impose that power in our situations. I think sometimes we misconstrue the power of God for some power that will affect somebody else where it's actually the power of God that affects us, touches us. Yes, it can affect other situations, but sometimes the power of God wants to come and affect us and not necessarily that situation. It is a kingdom full of power. There is no power shortage in the kingdom of God. Now, we might experience power shortages, but in the kingdom of God and tapped in with the Holy Spirit, there is no power shortage in God's kingdom. Now, after Pastor Josh shared, we had Dr. Brown share with us, who's a father in this house who has ministered a number of times and has deposited in us greatly into Winona, myself personally, and into many other of our leadership team. He's deposited personally into us. And he shared with us, he has actually taken a pastorate in Branson. And he talked about the definition of power being dunamis and exousia, but then he also talked about a third word associated with the power of God or with the word power, and that was in dunamu or endunamu. And that meant to receive strength or power from a source within us from a source without in other words it's not something that we have inside of us so much as it's receiving from what god has for us and having that come inside of us receiving his strength and, and he shared that his word was very much a word of encouragement and very much almost like a father sharing with his children And as he was talking and sharing, he talked about the fact that there are some times we may not feel the dunamis, dynamite, explosive power of God. There's other times we might not experience that, and we might not experience the exousia, which is the delegated authority, the, the ability to walk in the power that God has authorized us. And he says, but there also is times when those are not clicking or not we're not connecting with them that there is the fact that the power of God comes from outside and it comes into us and it strengthens us in the inner man and I've been so thankful for that because I'll be honest with you there has been times in the last number of years it was a six-year struggle a six-year battle that the power of God I hung on but sometimes I didn't feel it the way maybe I'd felt it before I didn't experience it the way I had experienced it before but somehow God still regardless of my inabilities and my failures or disappointments or um, not being able to comprehend God still came stood beside me and gave me strength so there's a power that God has for us from the outside that comes within us. As he continued, he also also wanted to share with us and challenge us to be filled with that and dunamu. He said, ask God for his strength. He, He used the comment, when I run out of gas, the Holy Spirit will fill you. Sometimes those words are real easily said, but I have learned and I've experienced and I've tasted of the infilling of the petrol of the Holy Spirit, the fuel of the Holy Spirit, the gas of the Holy Spirit. When I've been empty, I have learned and I've tasted and I've experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, such a powerful blessing, such a beautiful blessing. We also had Pastor Mitch Burroughs, who is local here in Abbotsford, pastor of Hill City Church, a dear friend. And uh, he shared on the portal of God's power, sometimes understanding how the power of God comes to us. The kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of God is different. It's different in finances, it's different in relationships, it's different in careers. The kingdom of God, people refer to it as an upside-down kingdom. I would say it's a right-side-up kingdom, and we've been living upside-down lives. And Jesus in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, he shares with the people about the kingdom of God, and he shares with them how we have learned and we have been taught and we have been trained how to do things in a certain manner, but when it comes to the kingdom of God, there's a whole different dynamic that comes into play, a whole nother level. It's the right side up. And the portal to God's power is not the achievement that I have, it's not my strength, it's not my ability. But the portal to God's power, as Pastor Mitch was sharing, is through our weakness. And Paul had that, the weakness where he had the thorn in the flesh and he prayed to the Lord. He prayed three times and God didn't answer him, but God, well, God answered him, but not in the way Paul wanted. And God answered him and said, my grace is sufficient for you. And sometimes, Pastor Mitch was sharing, sometimes our prayer doesn't get answered the way we want it to, but it gets answered the way God needs to or God wants to or God Answers it according to his perfect plan. Paul didn't get the response he wanted; he did not get what he was asking for. But God gave him something better, is what Pastor Mitch had cha- shared. He talked about our the power that we have being made perfect. He gave us four aspects of learning how to to see life and to see the portal of God's power in our lives and one of them I've got all four of them here and I want to share them with you because these are powerful principles the first one that he gave us was to learn how to depend on God learn how to depend on God if you want to experience God's power you've got to get out of the way and you've got to learn how to depend on God He talked about, look back at what God has done. That's powerful, and I'm going to share on that in a few minutes on a personal example. But look back at what God has done. Because what happens is when you look back and see what he's done, you can say, you've done it here, you've done it here, you've done it here. It may not be what I'm seeing right now, but you've done it before. I know that you will strengthen me and be with me. The third part of asking and learning how the portal to God's power was to be thankful. Be thankful. Even in tough times. And there's times and there's moments where it is very hard to find thankfulness. But find something to be thankful for. In everything. Find something to be thankful for. Even in the sorrow the sadness, or the pain. Find something to be thankful for. And then he, his last point was to rely on Christ's thrones. Sorry, Christ's thorns. When we rely on Christ's thorns, it makes our thorns bearable. Whatever those thorns may be, it makes our thorns bearable when we rely on what Christ has done. He shared a little example of of how such a, a, a bee stung him and how much power was in that little touch from the bee. And as he shared that, he said, it's amazing how much when you get in the presence of God, a light touch of his power can affect you. Allow God's power to penetrate your life. Allow if I could say it this way, allow his power to sting you in the finger and let it touch you and affect your whole life. A light touch can transfer so much power. Pastor Brian Davis also shared. He's the pastor of LifeSpring Church here in Abbotsford as well. Another dear pastor, a dear friend. And... uh In our communications, we regularly communicate, and I appreciate his heart. He talked about the power of God and the miracle in my mess. And as I was listening to Pastor Brian and I put together the other sermons that we had heard from the previous weeks, I just saw God's handprint and his encouragement and God's strength coming to us. It was beautiful. I, I don't think we've ever experienced in a in the history of, of Solid Rock um, over the 35, 36 years. I'm not sure if we've ever experienced six weeks where we've had other ministry for six weeks. And so this is very much a unique moment, not not just because of the situation and the circumstances, but it's a unique aspect of hearing the word shared with us and how God even as they were sharing over video, there were moments of prophetic moments from many of these ministers that they shared, and it was like it hit a note that was a prophetic note. And and Pastor Brian was sharing, and he was talking about the miracle in our mess and understanding the power of God. And and he he talked about breakthrough. Do you know that God is very interested in, in you. God is very interested in your spirit. And He shared that sometimes we're asking for a breakthrough in the situation, and God wants a breakthrough in our spirit or in a breakthrough in our life, in our innermost being, a breakthrough in our thoughts, a breakthrough in our emotions. And sometimes we're looking for the breakthrough to happen out there, and God says, No, let's start the breakthrough. Inside and so we may be experiencing a mess, but God says, "Let me take that mess and turn it into a miracle. Let me take all of that and let me work from that something beautiful." He gave us a number of principles about seeing breakthrough in our spirit, and I wrote those down as well. And I want to give those to you again. These are these are keys on how to live and how to experience and how to grow in in living a life of victory, strength, and power. The principle the first one he gave, and he was talking about Paul and Silas in prison. And they were beaten, scourged, and they were hurt and damaged physically, and they were shackled and they were put in prison. And then and they're singing and praising God in prison. And then there's an earthquake and their shackles fall off. And if it, was, if it was me in that situation, I would have been like Flash Gordon and I would have been out of there. I've been watching some Avenger movies, so I'm getting all these Avenger names coming. Flash Gordon, I would have been like some guy going fast. But Paul and Silas didn't do that. They sat there. And there were some principles that he drew out of that passage, out of Acts. The first one was he said to keep singing. Keep singing. And he, he, he wanted to clarify, don't just sing songs, but he meant in that keep singing is to have a worshiping heart. Keep praising God. Keep singing. Keep praising him. Keep declaring his word over your life. He also said, How you practice is how you perform. Paul and Silas had a lifestyle and a practice of their life of praising God. So when they praised God before, and then all of a sudden they were in this shackles and being being chained up, they were still able to praise God. Don't expect to be able to praise God when you're going through a struggle if you haven't learned how to praise Him other times. It's... Learn how to praise God when it's going well. Learn how to praise God when you get a raise. Learn how to praise God when you don't get a raise. Learn how to praise God when you're eating. Learn how to praise God when you don't have enough food. Learn how to praise God no matter the situation because when you learn how to praise God and how to worship and you practice that and it becomes part of your lifestyle, you will learn how to do it even in the most difficult situations. I believe he referred to that a little bit about muscle memory. And learning something when it's easy and then all of a sudden when the pressure gets on you're able to do it because you've trained yourself, you've practiced. And that is that is an aspect of a breakthrough in your spirit. He also said to believe for a miracle in the mess. There's pain but there's also a blessing. And sometimes the pain can be extremely hard, but there is a miracle. Dr. Tracy talked about the miracle or the blessing on the other side of the cave. And and Pastor Brian here talks about the pain that you go through. Don't waste the pain. There's been a lot of pain. There's been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of sadness. I believe that we are going to see the greatest miracles we've ever seen. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart that God is going to move in a great and mighty way and we are going to see miracles because we have practiced and we have put in the time and we've practiced and we've learned how to pray, we've learned how to seek His face, we've learned how to come before His, His throne. And although we did not see what we wanted to see here on earth, I believe God honored our obedience and following his instructions and we will see victories, we will see miracles, we will see healings, we'll see salvations because we have learned it and we have practiced it. And the last thing Pastor Brian shared about was change your perspective and in this situation Paul and Silas when the chains fell off they didn't run away they stayed there and the jail keeper was ready to kill himself because of the responsibility that he had and Paul and Silas said don't and instead of looking for a way of escape they saw the opportunity so learning how to access the power of God and seeing that breakthrough in our life will cause us Can you imagine, can you dream with me for a moment of what it would look like for a community of believers, Solid Rock Church, that is going through situations that has had pressure, and all of a sudden somebody releases this and allows us. and because of the, the disciplines and because of the perspective of the Holy Spirit, instead of running to flee, we see his opportunity, and we take full advantage of the opportunity the Holy Spirit brings, and we see healing, salvation, life's transformed because of the power of God. He also shared... One of the last thoughts he shared in that sermon was the timing was midnight. And as he was sharing it, something was stirring up in my spirit. Because midnight's a very interesting time. It's the end of the day, but in our calendars and in our watches, it's also the start of the next day. And I want to encourage you, there's a new day arising and there's miracles in the new day. It may be the darkest of moments, the darkest of thoughts, the darkest of feelings, but it's also the beginning of a new day, midnight. As I was listening to him share, I thought of a word that I've used a few times, and, and I'm, I'll, I'll do a, a, a humble brag I know I get in trouble for that word, but I've used the word happy mess. Can we learn how to be happy in our mess? Not happiness, happy mess. And sometimes our mess dictates our happiness, but can you imagine what it would be like if we were in that mess and the miracle of God starts to happen? And we walked into that with the attitude of joy, of perspective, of strength, of healing. And there's happiness coming out of that mess. The last person to share was Dr. Tracy, and she shared last week. And I, again, I just marveled at how God took these words that were shared, and I believe as she shared last week, it was not something that we had scheduled or planned. I mean, it was... She was asked to share that, but it was like she just in my my thoughts was it was like she just put it all together, and she shared about Elijah, faith to finish, and the power of God that is is in us. She shared about how Elijah just had this amazing time where he he had the prophets of Baal couldn't strike up fire and he strikes up fire and consumes all the sacrifice. He has this amazing miracle. And, and shortly after that, the king's wife, Jezebel, says, listen, you killed these prophets. I'm going to come after you and I'm going to kill you. And he runs away. He has this, it's amazing how fast our lives can turn from a miracle and from the power and from this amazing moment to all of a sudden running in fear for his life to the point where he said, God, take me now, take me now. He went from a fight to flight. She shared about being careful about going from flight fight to flight to frustration to feelings of borderline failure and how that can be a pattern. She shared about how I, Elijah was in that cave and for 40 days he'd run, put himself in the cave and just the emotion of that moment. Sometimes I think we read the scriptures and we we don't think about some of the emotion but I can understand a little bit of the emotion that maybe he had and he goes, listen, I've done all this for you God and the nation's turning from you and, and I've done this and I've done that and And it was in that emotional time she used the phrase, how God leaned in. And I just thought that was an amazing, picturesque word. How in the moments of our sadness, our disappointments, our complaining, God didn't just, just go forget it. I'll come back to you in 10 minutes when you have a better attitude. Just go to your room and and get better. God, in that moment of Elijah saying, where have you been? What have you done? Why is this all? And And he's got this pity party going on. Elijah does. And what does God do? He leans in. He reaches down to Elijah. And he gives him a whisper a still small voice he goes in there and he lets elijah know that his power was with him every step of the way and he she shared about how in those moments that the silence can be deafening and in that cave there's decisions to be made and there's monumental moments in the cave in that feeling of isolation in that feeling of loneliness in that feeling of of loss of betrayal of being left alone of being discarded in those moments in that cave there are moments that are monumental that determine what happens when you get out of that cave because you will get out of that cave And she shared how God spoke to Elijah in that cave. And that cave became a pivotal time in his life that you could say that from that apex of that moment or the pivot of that moment, everything before and everything after were completely different. And she shared a few thoughts about the cave experience. She said first of all, that he had to pick up his mantle because God was going to show him his successor. It's in those moments of loneliness or in those moments of despair and and the pity party that he had, God leaned in. God leaned into him. He didn't forsake him. He leaned into Elijah, the power of God, and he says, Listen, you start to start thinking ahead. And who's your successor? Also, she shared about how he ministered to kings afterwards that he didn't minister to before. There's a whole new door that opened up for Elijah after he came out of that cave. He received a double anointing that was sown. The Lord transferred from Elijah to Elisha, and greater things happened through passing on that mantle. To Elisha it shifted Elijah's perspective we've used that word before tonight the word perspective she also shared about the prophetic voice that he had and as she was closing she shared about how caves are pivotal points in our life and I just thought that was such an amazing tying together of everything that we had heard for the last number of weeks. And there have been moments in the last six weeks that the fight and the flight have been very tempting, especially the flight. There have been moments where the cave has been real. Sadness, disappointment, arguing, complaining and what I have found is even in those moments God leaned in and he still spoke and he still speaks he didn't leave me he didn't leave you he didn't leave us she says it's up to us and this was powerful it's up to us to get out of that cave it's not up to God he's given us the instruction it's up to us it's up to me, it's up to you to get out of that cave and exit the cave. And she said, how you exit the cave is critical. And this was such a powerful climax to the to the whole six weeks this was bringing together everything that we'd heard the encouraging words the prophetic words the instructions that we had and she spoke with prophetic power speaking to us and she spoke about the effectiveness of the church solid rock and what we will see in the future and what God has spoken to her and birthed in her spirit for us as a group of believers that the days ahead are going to be powerful strong mighty days and how we exit this moment how we exit this cave determines what happens I am determined to exit the cave well I am determined to exit the cave stronger as we were going through this battle I had a few moments a few times where I spoke to my my kids and my loved ones and i said i don't know what's going to happen but i am determined i am determined that i will be better not bitter that's easily said it's harder done it's easy to say get out of the cave but i'll be honest with you it takes gumption and it takes hard work but i want to and i want to plead with you call out the best in you. I want to call out the strength that is in you. I want to call out the diamonds that are in you, the gold that's in you, and say God has put a deposit inside of you that don't stay here, but get out of that cave, get out of that mess, and see the miracle, see what God has ahead of you, because it's powerful. The other side of the cave. She said that, The church this season now will have a harvest on the other side that is greater than was on the previous side. Those were powerful words that were spoken over solid rock. And I'm so thankful for them. I'm so thankful for his word over us. Now I want to take a few moments and I want to just share a little bit about the next steps. And I'm not going to get into great detail, but I'll just do immediate next step. Next Sunday, Easter Sunday, we are going to do a drive-through. We've done three drive-throughs already where we will just drive-through and we'll have stations. It starts Sunday at 10 a.m., the drive-through. And just come... It doesn't matter what the weather is. You will stay in your vehicle. We will have all the COVID protocols in place. But I look forward to seeing your face. I look forward to seeing you and to being with you. The government is also relaxing some of the meeting requirements, but we don't understand them completely yet, so we hope to get more details coming up Beyond that, but next Sunday is a drive through I have two two things I'd like to say in closing that God uh, has been speaking to me a lot. Years ago when I was in college and university, I took math and science, and some of the math and the science, we dealt with what we call word problems where we were given information and we had to solve some unknown situation. And as I was meditating and poring over these last six years, there were moments where I didn't have the answer. And it was hard, but I would go back the things i learned in school and one of the things i learned and how to solve a problem the teacher drilled it into us the professor drilled it into us and he would say listen when you have a problem a word problem and you have to solve x but you don't know what x is you've got all these other variables and factors and information he said you always start with what is known. And you work from the known to the unknown. And through all of this, I've got questions that have not been answered and they may never be answered in this physical body. But what I did learn was as I had some of these questions, I had to go back Instead of dwelling on the unknown, I dwelt on what was known. And what I found was when I took time to think about what I knew, he never forsakes me, he never leaves me. What I knew was his love is all-encompassing. What I knew was that he is for me, he's not against me. And when I would stack up all of what I know about God, quite often what it did didn't solve always my problem but what it did was it gave a perspective to the unknown because now all of a sudden I wasn't dwelling on what I didn't know I was dwelling on what I knew and I want to encourage you there have been questions there's been disappointment there's been hurt sadness and if you're not careful we will stay there and we will not stay there But what I have learned through this is I will focus and I will praise him for who he is and what he's done and the known aspects. And I will praise him for what I know of my Savior. The other thing was in conjunction with that, the power of God. Recently, I was able to get away with the kids for a few days and we went to a mountain resort and it was beautiful and I'd go for a walk and I've started to go for walks in the morning it's very much a nice quiet time for me I get to argue with myself I never seem to get to win those arguments but one day I was walking in the morning and the mountain was just gorgeous I could see all the way to the top of the mountain it was beautiful The snow had fallen, and some of the tree you could see on the tree line, you could see where the snow had started, and you you could just see the trees full of snow within eyesight. And you could see a chairlift going up to the top. And it was beautiful, and I'd walked that way a couple times in the period of a day and a half. And then the next morning, I got up, and it was cold, Snow and rain mix. I got out, started my walk, and it was cloudy, foggy, overcast. Kind of an ugly morning. as I started to walk, I realized I couldn't see the top of the mountain. I couldn't see 200 yards up the mountain, and it was covered in fog. And as I was walking, I was thinking about that, and I believe the Holy Spirit just quickened a thought in me. And he said, David, did you see the top of the mountain? I said, yeah. I said, I saw it. And all these skiers, they saw it yesterday. They went up, and you know what? They were there again today when it was overcast, cloudy, and they still were going up. And the word that just came inside of me was they, they know that the mountain is still there. Even though they don't see it, they are still believing that it's there and they know it's there. And what he spoke to me in that was, David, you might have seen the mountain. You may have seen the goodness. You may have seen the miracle. You may have seen this or that. But in the moment that you don't see it, Are you still prepared to believe everything that God has for you? And I want to encourage you in these moments, in these days, you may not see the top of that mountain. You may not see beyond the fog. But I'm here to tell you that God is with you. And just like I said a few minutes ago, take the known things about God and keep them in front of you. He's with you. He's for you. He never leaves you. He doesn't forsake you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And take all those things that you know of God. He loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for you. And take those things and all those known things and say, because of those known things, I will go and I will travel through the cloud because I know the mountain is there. I know his power is there. I know he has not left me. He has not forsaken me. So this morning, I want to thank you for joining us online I want to thank you for all your love and your support. And I don't know what this healing process looks like, but we are going to be brave, we're going to be courageous, and we're going to give each other grace as we walk through this together as a family, a family of believers, a family of of a community of church, and we're going to see greater things that we used to see before. We're going to see greater than that going forward. I want to encourage you in that. I want to commend you. I want to bless you. So thank you for joining us today. God bless you. We will see you next Sunday, 10 o'clock, for our Easter drive through God bless you. Have an amazing day.